because a lot of people assume like is this a is this one of those deep poet things like nah bro this is genuinely this is genuinely a family thing right this is genuinely my last name my father sergeant coon his father dr coon my my great uncle reverend coon wow like we we genuinely my family i come from a family that built respect for our name before that word even existed Mm. the, the definition of the word in this place existed um, but also through my journeys, I, I learned, you know, I actually stepped into, I stepped into a church, which was a, a Indiana Fijian church. And I introduced myself as brother Coon and the pastor who was an Indian man paused and said, in my country, Coon means blood. Very fitting name, brother. Welcome. Wow. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Hey, 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 it's Christoph Jenkins, founder and creator of The Poet Life, and obviously the host of The Poet Life Podcast, and today is a dope day. Today is a dope day. Uh, I've been able to reconnect with my good friend, Coon the Poet. What's going on, Coon? How are you, sir? Peace, 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 bro. I am blessed. I am blessed. Um, it's a, as you stated, it's a, it's a more than a great day. It's a beautiful day, man. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of intentional, just energy and applied pressure. Um, yeah. And so I'm just, just moving in it. I think, I think everything is just moving and flowing the way it's supposed to. You tapped in right at the proper time uh, for me to be able to kind of have this conversation and to kind of like speak a little bit more life into some of the up and coming projects that we're doing. So, bro. We good. Beautiful. Yeah, no, if you all don't know, Coon the Poet and I have had a, a connection for, man, over, I think over 10 years, yeah, you know, even even before Poet Life, before Poet Life was fighting cancer with poetry, you know, yeah, and and uh, Coon the Poet has, has been consistent and you know, doing this thing and it uh, uh, constantly progressing uh, and to see what he's been doing. That's why I reached out to him because I see what he's doing. And so uh, it's a beautiful thing. We were just talking about it right before I click record, man, just to see uh, both of our, I guess, timeline of progression and we're going to get into it. But how's how's life, man? Talk to me. How's life? Oh uh, man, life is life is beautiful. Um, life is beautiful in a, as a, as a whole, right? Even with the parts of the testing, uh, I'm a firm believer, man, that when you sign up for the assignment of success, you sign up for the assignment of adversity. That's something I accepted years ago, um, and a part of that acceptance because I knew it's like I, I'm I could have been comfortable, and of course not progress my my legacy, my bloodline. Um, like got got to the place of thriving. I come for I come from folks that have mastered the art of survival, um, but uh, in order to get to the place of thriving and not just surviving, it was it was required to have to go climb that mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, now also like warned about the mountain is like yo look the altitude's different once you get up there the higher you go. There's birds. There's different things that you're not prepared for yet. But the only way to prepare for that mountain is to climb the mountain. You, it's, it's, it, 
you will make it as long as you keep climbing. I can't guarantee that you're not going to get beat, battered. And that's that that kind of was the whisper. And so I've been like on that journey, this mountain climbing journey. Even back when I met you, I was on what I called my warrior's journey. Mm. Um <laughs> And it was, and that was like a big step out on faith. That was me leaving home for the first time, mm. um, 25 years old, um, really like having to separate myself from everything that like trained me and, and going and discovering, and discovering and also like really making real connections, new connections and like really seeing a different side of this art form. And so that's what that whole journey through the East Coast, um, from, from the West Coast, drove chicago um yeah made it made it to chicago stayed in chicago for about a uh about a week connected was taken care of by a sister who was a poet out in my city uh miss cotton she looked out for me um connected me with a couple of uh shows with one with one feature and then took me to a couple of open mics and then from there was like yo the journey's real so i i kind of rolled that same blueprint every city i entered um, kept going, Ohio, Cleveland, um, spent some time with some family, got to learn a little bit more about self, got to learn about my, my bloodline a little bit more so I can be able to like be fed and stand firm on it as I continue to like contribute and add to the value of my family name and my legacy. Um, and then ended up in DC and Maryland, DC, Maryland, Virginia. And from there it was like, and I, I tell folks, when I back, you know, I, I tell folks at home, like when I made it back, I was like, they were like, yo, how was the scene? I was like, the Olympics. The Olympics for this art form that we do. It's not just a thing that it's not just a uh, we might go check out this poetry spot. Oh, I heard of this. It's you go, you go, and this is from somebody who who we have to create, right? In our in our city, we got a scene, but we create the scene and it's work to create the scene, right? And to maintain what we've created out there what i've experienced it was like three or four different spots going on at one time right between within 30 minutes to 45 minutes away from yeah. each other. and so i was like it was like an all you can eat buffet and i had to pace myself and i had to learn about how to take care of my energy how to take care of my spirit how to like release some things that you collect on the journey all that like the pacing right and so it was it was really when i say olympics it was really boot camp yeah. Um, and I spent eight months out that way, um, hitting a lot of spots, bus boys and poets, mm -hmm. of course, um, spit that, um, mic check on Mondays, like shout out to all the hosts and the curators, pure poetry, shout out to Orville, yeah. um, shout out to Kariga Bailey that took care of me, uh, shout out to, shout out to every, every poet, every host curator that really like, when they heard the word journey, they accepted their assignment and was like, oh, we got you. Shout out to uh, shout out to my brother Luciano, Mr. Mm -hmm. Luciano, right? Jeff Johnson, silent uh, silent treatment entertainment, yeah. um, and just a lot of just a lot of like Kendrick souls and Kendrick spirits out that way. Um, and it was that was the that was the journey, like really like connecting with the other me's in different right. cities from different cities and states, and then like learning from all of them, right? A few yep. that were maybe a few steps ahead, but really allowing them to pour into me at a young age of 25 and then like taking that, taking that back home. Um, and it was like a, when I had to go back home, it was like a pull back home. There's a lot going on in my city. A lot of youngsters, I, I, uh, I do a lot of mentorship work and a lot of just, just playing my part, right. With, um, looking out for those behind me. And there was, there was a lot of struggle in my city at the time 
the drought the drought had hit the west coast in california at the time my who was my pastor at the time actually called me i checked or we checked in with each other and i was like how's it going there was like a big shooting that happened and it's you know at, at right next to his church and he was like yo i don't he's like these youngsters need something these, these youngsters need you now i'm not trying to make this sound like you know like a comic book and nothing but he was like what, what's it gonna cost to bring you back and i was mm -hmm. like and at that time i was in like a in in between that fork and like am i gonna stay and adapt <laughs> all the way or am i in or am i gonna go home and feel like i'm incomplete like it was a it was a battle and i didn't know what decision to make i i and i never really had to have it i never really got to have this conversation with many out that way but like i remember i was in southeast dc and i was in the in the woods of south southeast dc and i actually like i started was reading i was reading my word man and the the it started a gust of wind and started blowing the pages started blowing and i was really at a place of like i don't know what to do and i told told my pastor at the time i was like you know what i'll let you know if i'm ready he's like just think about it but if you make decision let me know i have 800 dollars wired to you <laughs> um and so I went to the woods, pages started blowing and then flipped to Exodus chapter three, right? And I, I years ago, year ago, I accepted like whatever and however and whatever form of literature, whatever form, like I received symbols and signs and I just trust them, right? I learned to just trust them like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, what could this mean? And I put my hand down and the pages are still kind of flapping, but I'm, and then I look and <laughs> it said, Moses goes back to Egypt. Now, I, in my brain, I'm like, nah. And I'm looking up at the sky and I'm like having a whole, like, mind you, like, food was a little bit more scarce than I had preferred. So I hadn't eaten the whole day. So I'm a little <laughs> lightheaded. I'm like, maybe I'm tripping. And I'm, <laughs> and I flip a, I, uh, the page. So I flip another page. When I flip that next page, it said, assemble the elders. A blah, 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 blah. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, because I'm thinking about my I'm thinking about the elders of my family at this point in time. I'm thinking about my grandmother who had just got in a car accident while I was away. There was a lot happening at home that kept mm. me. Had just lost a cousin. It was and those things were like jabbing me in the gut. And then once I when I made the decision to go home, and I did, and I'll be honest with you, I did feel like I I kind of failed my journey. I did have that feeling like. I did. There was a lot of connection. There was a lot of shows. Like there was, there was over thirty shows after I calculated, like with my name on, with, with my name on them alone, right? Features. A lot of them. A couple of them was fighting cancer with poetry, mm. um, and just a lot of like feature spots and a lot of in, in the course of the eight months. Not to mention the open mics. Uh, but I was, I was also feeling tired, right? I was also like, yo, I need to rest. I need to just like be still for a while and be in a place to where like it's familiar for a while mm. um, so i went through that and this is a that and, I, and i'm kind of speaking on this because these come with the journey and we don't always get to talk about like when folks when you say like yo i'm ready to i'm ready to start my own business or i'm ready to build or i'm ready to walk in my purpose or i'm ready like all these things we don't those things sound glamorous especially if you've like played around in the past, like you went ahead and followed the original blueprint, the traditional blueprint, and then you make a decision. Like a lot of my folks during quarantine was like, I'm gonna start my own business. Mm -hmm. From there, they think that that, all right, it's, I've, I've made it. <laughs> a lot right. of people feel like from there, 
cool. I found my purpose. Everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows from here. And a lot of times what I share with a lot of my, a lot of my peers, a lot of my comrades, a lot of my young lives is that, yo, it's just, it's, it's, it's just getting ready to get started. Like your journey is just getting ready to get started and know that it's not going to always be pretty. You're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to get attacked. You're going to get tested. You're going to get, you're going to get checked. You're going to go through the fire, but it's not designed. It's not designed to burn you up. This mm -hmm. is the refinement fire, no longer, not the consuming fire. Yeah. This fire is actually designed to burn off your impurities and you won't know oh, it's sure. impure until things start burning and you start taking it personal. And right. <laughs> kind of things. Right. Yeah. So it's all in all, man, with that part, like it, it's over the last 10 years, it's been a lot of like things burning off, a lot of testing, a lot of trials, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of trials, man. Very much like a lot of, if you, the old school Greek mythology they used to, they used to give us, but a mm -hmm. lot of those warrior journeys and heroes journeys is what I found right. myself being in this. And in this season, it's, it's that, but it's a different level, right? Yeah. It's more of now that I've battled, now that I've trained, um, now that I've been tested, now that I've gone through my deaths and my rebirths over and over and over, uh, deaths and rebirths of relationships, deaths and rebirths of, of like even like um, my artistry, curriculum, my brand. However, I see how I like what it uh, the deaths and rebirths of what I'm supposed to be doing, all that. Um, what I went, what I realized. And I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll pause, and I'll and I'll, I'll let you ask whatever questions. But what I realized, so I came home, and the whisper that was given to me, also in those words, was, "Wear your heart," because I didn't know how to come back home. Right? I knew that love was needed. Mm -hmm. I was, and it was genuinely like, go back and love on your people, go back and love on your on, on your mentees, go back and love on your family, go back and love on even those that you may not have the opportunity to build with. Um, and do it courageously right do it do it do it do it with strength do it with um do it with matter of factness because it's not going to be easy it's not going to be easy so i uh the my brand wear your heart is something that i also started when i came back home and it was it's more and it is a movement it was and it did start originally in the east coast in dc mm -hmm. a lot of folks that's like yeah i pledge to wear my heart out in the east coast but um, at home, there's a lot of folks that also like walked with me in this journey as well. There's a lot of folks that stopped walking, right? Mm. Um, and that comes with the journey as well. Like, mm, because well, you didn't tell me wearing your heart. You say wear your heart, but it, I don't like the way this feels, <laughs> right? And I'm like, I understand. And I always broke it down as, I get we was taught to not wear a heart on our sleeve. And I'm not telling you to wear it on your sleeve, right? Because if you were to bump into a side of a wall, if you were to bump, onto, bump into anything with your arms, that's going to cause bruising, right? I'm talking about intentionality, like intentionally taking the heart from the inside of you, putting it on the outside of you, and you wearing that as if that's your armor, because it is. Because mm -hmm. when you cover your heart up, it protects from the pain, but it also stops from, from God accessing it for you to be able to heal, right? right. And so in this part of the journey, um, and then I, I put out my first solo project, first solo album in 2021, 2021, um, um, entitled Pain of Power. And so this next project that I'm working on is entitled Heart Affirmed. 
because what I learned is in order to continue wearing your heart, you must heart affirm, right? You must be self affirming, mm-hmm. you must be heart affirm. Sometimes you gotta speak life back into your heart when it is when it when you're being transparent because you're going to get hit with all the different uh terrain of the of the air and the atmosphere. You're gonna get tested, you're gonna have fiery darts hit you. And it's really an attack towards your if your if my strength is my heart, it's an attack towards my strength. And it's not always personal, it just is business. Yeah, so like two days ago, I posted on Facebook a quote from Mike Tyson, and it's similar to all of what you're saying. And he said, to succeed greatly, you have to be willing to fail greatly. That one hit me hard, you know, because everybody says they want to succeed. But if they knew all of what it took to to succeed, I, I now understand why people take the uh, safe route, route. right? Because this purpose route is is not all sunny and nice outside. It's rainy, it's snowy, it's, it's, it's a hard route, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about that burning you were talking about that burning with the with with the fire, fire. right? Yeah. Because yeah, you said some things are burning off, but when you're being molded, yeah, right, to be fortified and to be strengthened, you yeah. got to go through the fire, right? Or or you'll just be soft and yeah. right. Yep, not built, not built to last up there. Once you make it to the mountain, um, and and this is the thing, there's a part, and this is the part of like just the natural ego, right? Especially when we start tapping, tapping into our superpowers, young, right? We start, we really start feeling like we are in our, we are at our best stage, mm. and then we don't know, like, in in those things that start burning, we start taking those personal because it's like, wait, hold on. That's my family. And I'm at my best when my family's rocking with me. Right. <laughs> Hold on. That's those are those that's who I came up with. I didn't do this for me. This was for us. Right. But I, I, you know, everything that we decided, like, you know, from different duos and groups that I was a part of. Shout out to Illegal Tag Team. Shout out to my brother Trouble Sin, Lorenzo McNeil, forever. I get it though. You know what I mean? It gets hard to try to to try to keep continue climbing this path. Right. My brother, he's still climbing his path, but to climb the path that we had said that we was going to climb, it's not easy, Um, especially when you still got to when 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 bills are coming and you're trying to, you know, and and, and a lot of our a lot of our past was rocky and shaky family, you know, family dynamics was rocky and shaky. So we were at that place of like young adulthood trying to trying to uh, find our way, but at the same time trying to find a safe space for us to just be so we can build foundation. Um, we didn't have the handouts that way from like our family wouldn't set up that way. So we had to start, you know, when they say uh, got it from the mud, like we had to start building from the mud. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to say I'm never, ever going to be like, yo, made it on my own or made it on our own. Because, nah, it was a lot of it was a mountain of handshakes. There was a lot of folks that was either already climbing, done the climb. That was like, here, you're going to need this map. You're going to need some water here. Take this hug. 
Like, let me let me give you some wisdom. Um, and then it gets few and far between the higher up you go. And so I get it, especially during those times. You know, I get that my brother was like, I'm cool, especially as like real life situations are happening. Um, and so I for anybody who kind of very much like you said, for anybody that makes a decision to be like, yo, I'm going to be comfortable. Um, it's never no knock. Right. It's never I don't I understand. Like and, and this is where I stand, too. And I say this with all love and respect. I salute to whomever. I salute to you who, ha- who has the luxury. Every time I get comfortable, the attacks come harder. <laughs> like the fire gets hotter because of what I've already accepted. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if we ever even got into gun into detail, but I'm a um, and yeah, I'm a I'm a gunshot trauma survivor. Really? Uh, yeah, 15 years old, um, walking home from school, three bullets. And so these days, I'm not so much identifying. You know, like that's not a part of my identity. That's just a part of my story. And I have many stories. Um, but when I when I was on that journey, a big part of it was still me healing from that piece because I never was able to step away from, you know, from where I was from to be able to, like, ha- get perspective. Um, and so, like, also knowing that, like, yo, I was given a second opportunity in life, so I know I have a purpose. Um, and maybe a lot of that is me having, a, you know, so I went on this journey to kind of like really strengthen and, and strengthen the knowing of that purpose and the understanding of that. And it really, and it did do that. Um, these days, there's many messages because it's of, of the continued journey, right? Um, recently, and this is where kind of where Heart of Firm was birthed. Um, and, and, and that, and that, that, phrase and that term was actually given to me very recently and i like in this last me being still like backing up from social media backing up from a lot of folks like really being still and listening right um but it was after last year (laughs) in doing all the work that i do in my city um pulling up for my city serving um along with along with a lot of my brothers along with the just just playing our part really um whether that be mentorship whether that be crisis response intervention um if a young a young person or a family is in crisis need of any kind especially dealing with gunshot uh, you know guns and gun violence we, we show up mm-hmm. um a lot of times um show up and don't you know we show up and then we leave right I, i'll show up check in see if there's anything needed support needed and then we and then we leave so it becomes thankless right because mm-hmm. it's not for the sake of like self it's really like yo what do y'all need and then i'll go in <laughs> i'll go and heal later from this trauma right reopening wounds kind of thing mm-hmm. um but in doing the work um and it kind of like went viral um and it kind of was a thing where a lot of folks are still asking me about but i just chose to continue to not live to not allow that to be a part of my story because i know some things can be a distraction but uh Last year, June 22nd, um, and also because it was an open case, I, I wasn't speaking about it at first, but these days I had to I had to live, I had to open my heart and, and really like free myself and like and, and, and fight the way that I know. And how I know is continuing to wear my heart, right? Continuing to be as like to, to vibrate as high as I possibly can. And being in those kind of bouts still uh still my vibration. So what I'm speaking of is June 22nd, I was assaulted by the sheriff department in my city. Wow. Uh, 
after 10 years prior to that being honored by them twice, right? Like it's, it's just looking at it and thinking about it like, yo, um, and then having a process like, what was that about? Right? Like why? And then once again, me being kind of like in the same, feeling like I'm in the same predicament as when I was young and like, I had a lot of partners, you know, into stuff like that could have, you know, those bullets could have been for them. And like, remember and like asking myself, asking the question of why me, right? Mm. Until I started understanding like, why not me, right? Especially with what I'm choosing to do with it. Cause we could have retaliated, right? We could have, but instead I'm choosing to, and that was, and I believe that that's why, that's why I and we and those that are chosen are chosen because of how their heart is set up. And this season I had to re-ask myself because it was a lot of triggering, a lot of re-traumatizing that came up like to where like all parts of me, the young me, the teenage me that, that was in survival mode, like he, he was, he was disrupted, right? Mm. My inner child was disrupted, right? The meek brother Coon was disrupted and confused and bamboozled and like, wait, hold on. Let me, let me just talk to you real quick, but not, but treat it like, and uh, you know, treat it, treat it, treat it like nothing. Treat it like I was not a human, to be right. honest. And, uh, you know, hands put on me, hands put on my neck. Um, yeah, but, yeah. A lot of, in the video, it, that part wasn't shown in the video. And I, I really like held that part because I knew that was going to send a different kind of wave through my city and not in a healthy way because folks mm -hmm. are still healing from a lot of things. And so that was something I was I was actually in an elder of mine was like, hey, I can see that this is affecting you. You need to allow your, your attorney to, to fight this fight. So that way you can continue to do what you do best and what you do best to shine your light. Right. And so I had to really process and sit in that. And like while like being like any time a black and white goes by, any time like getting pulled over <laughs> again. Right. And like all these different things. Um, but out of that, and not to mention, like, on the side from that, like, even, and I just, I'm just transparent in this season, like, while going through a breakup and a separation, mm. right? Um, while, and then while folks is like, are you good? Are you like, yeah, I'm good. I'm as good as I should, as I, <laughs> as I could be at this moment. But I'm, but I, I did not think that I was going to go without being tested when I decided to stand. Right. Mm. When I decided to take a stand and be myself. So um, with that, right, because with that comes a lot of and I'm sure you've endured it as well. Persecution from people who think they got you figured out. Right. Based on pieces of stories that they got. And all in all, to be honest with you, I was pulled over because they thought I stole my truck because I reported it stolen once it got repossessed three months prior. But it was still in the system and stolen. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of. And it's a lot of things that don't make because it's not anybody's business, especially some people just want to know. But I've told people, but some people just want to. And I've said this and I'm sure you've endured this. Some people are looking to call God a liar. Right. So right. They're going to call anybody who's like, yo, I, I, I'm keeping my faith. Oh, you're not real. You're not. And I'm like, listen, I'm not perfect. I'm never going to ever tell you I'm not perfect, but I might not be what you think I am. Hmm. I might not I might not be the monster that you might see me as because you still have not spent time to connect with me. Right. right? Cuz I made a decision not to be. I can yeah. be. Right? And so with that, with all of that, with a lot of um 
folks still speculating, spectating. We're in the social justice heightened period. My name is now the name that I had already like proven, <laughs> right? Like genuinely like Coon, like folks who have been calling me my name without flinching for years is now like, why are you even calling yourself that? Right now, now I'm being re-questioned differently. Character being questioned differently. Um, all these different things, right? And so out of that though, was a lot of beautiful poems, a lot of beautiful stories, like a lot of beautiful like mm. revelation and realization and understanding of why, once again, why not you, Kuhn? Yeah. Right? It's the fact that you can still try to protect the ones that think they want to come for you. If you're still looking to, if you're still looking to love on your city, right? As 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 folks are, the way we call it, turning coat, right? <laughs> um. Why not you? You right. separate your heart. If you if this is what you believe in, and you believe that this was a God-given instruction, then you're gonna get tested in your instruction, much like Job. Yeah. Right? Much like yeah. Abraham, much like Moses, much like every and all that was called, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, out of that got we uh we got heart affirm, which is what is the which is the philosophy of in order okay. to work your heart, you must affirm your heart. All right. So for those who don't know who you are, right? Um, where does your name come from? I knew he was going there. I knew he was like, let me just hurry and let me just, let me. <laughs> um, you know. My name comes from my great, great, great grandfather. Like, it's my last name for real. Gotcha. Right. And so my family name, so the full name is Christopher Michael Coombe. Got it. When you met me, I was I was a I was a I was a I was dry, I was riding in on my horse in town and I decided not to even give folks my first name to where they'll have a way to slither out of calling me like respectfully um you know address me as my last name right which I had built a lot of respect for in my city right in this mm -hmm. part of the journey and I've had that conversation over and over and over again mm -hmm. and there was some testing on while I was out in the east coast I'm sure you know with with the DMV being real close to the South and that mentality. Um, but a lot of those things I was able to address during like, you know, during my features and things like that. But um, in a nutshell, right. Without, because a lot of people assume like, is this a, is this one of those deep poet things? Like, nah, bro, this is genuinely, this is genuinely a family thing, right? This is genuinely my last name. My father, Sergeant Coon, his father, Dr. Coon, my, my great uncle, Reverend Coon. Wow. I, like we we genuinely my family, I come from a family that built respect for our name before that word even existed. And mm. the, the definition of the word in this place existed. Um, but also through my journeys, I, I learned, you know, I actually stepped into I stepped into a church, which was a, a Indiana Fijian church. And I introduced myself as Brother Coon. And the pastor, who was an Indian man, paused and said in my country coon means blood very fitting name brother welcome wow and then i got to as i you know more discoveries more journey and i learned that in in, in uh in china in china coon means earth right and it's spelled k-u-n um and so it's once again, it kind of like it, it opened up some things in me again. Like, yo, why in this place? Why in this place they have a they they do a great job with 
making things negative and derogatory that all have, that all mean power and all mean strength and all stand for something beautiful. What is that about? So it just caused me, you know, just continue to go on a journey of like, okay, well, let's debunk some of these things because we're still a young country. Yeah. Right. We're still young in our growth and all these things. Um, but one thing for sure, like my message has less to do with my name than with folks like we legacy building for sure. But mm-hmm. there's other, but the, the the big part of my message is really about like, yo, no matter who you are, where you come from, no matter what your story start out as, you have greatness in you, right? Yeah. You have a purpose and you can fulfill that purpose regardless of how further back you may have started, how low, how low on the totem pole or whatever the case. Like if when you're called, you're called, yeah. right? I just think it's ironic <laughs> that my name is my name. Yeah. Right? Meaning, meaning blood, life source, meaning earth foundation yeah yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful man i wanted to ask you you know where where did or when did poetry come in for you i once again like family legacy thing um so my my father left ironically left home left home when i was three years old right Mm -hmm. and he went back to where his father was and where he spent his teenage years, which was the DMV. Mm-hmm. And when he and he left for three and a half years, and then he came back. And when he came back, he had a whole notebook of rhymes, songs, poems. And although our relationship was estranged, whenever he would start rapping, reading some of his poems, like there was a different kind of connection between us. And I would go into a trance and I'm like, wow, you know, he's the coolest person in the world to me. And so I used to like cover his notebook, like and take it with me at school. And I would like read his rhymes and, and, and spit his rhymes out loud to my friends. And then I started like start using his rhymes and I started writing my own. Mm. Um, and so at seven years old, that's when that was birthed in me. And genuinely, um, regardless of what the relationship is currently with me and my father, right? And it's really not the way I would like it to be. Sure. But the reason why. I continue. I I continued in that uh, in, in that craft. In this craft, is because my dad's my daddy said I was good at it. Like that alone, right? That affirming and going back to the philosophy of heart affirmed, right? Like there's gonna take some aff- some affirmations of your heart, right? Your heart is gonna have to be affirmed on your journey, uh, whether you are doing it, whether the folks in your inner circle are doing it, whether the trees are affirming you where the water is affirming you right and so and so yeah man gotcha my father it's, yeah it started with uh with my father okay okay so around seven when did you start taking it serious to where you know you started to perform and and things start to formulate what's that timeline look like 14 years old talent show mad pad production um <laughs> There was a, at that time, an eight mile that just came out. Mm. And so uh, I was, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of my friends who had started rap groups, they, they was, they, one came and was like, yo, this is talent show coming up. It's, it's on the other side of town though. I think we're going to join. You should join. We're going to be there. You should, you should uh, just enter with doing your poetry. 
And I was like, all right. I genuinely thought they were going to be there. So I thought it was going to be like a, I get to hang out with them. Cause I was younger, you know, I get to hang out with them. When I got there, they didn't show up. Wow. <laughs> and so I went ahead and who actually brought me to the town was my dad. Right. And my wow. dad taught, taught me, taught me, my brother to always to, you know, his thing was to never be a punk. Right. So no matter what you hear, you hear, go ahead and show them what you got, you know? So, that was the first time I touched stage and I shared a poem called Gentle Giant. Wow. You, you bring um. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was called The Word of an Adult, uh, which was about like, <laughs> while my daddy brought me, I was like, yo, you be lying to me all the time. And <laughs> that's, what the, <laughs> that's what this poem was about. So Gentle Giant was genuinely like me trying to plead my case, right? And really like advocate for myself, like, yo, I'm not what I look like even then. Right. And so I actually ended up in the finals with those two poems. I was the only poet, especially back then in my city, it wasn't a popular thing. Um, there was a lot of rappers. There was a lot of dance group, dance crews. Right. There was a lot of young, like step teens and things like that. Singers. Um, and then I ended up in the finals. Nobody thought I would get in the finals, but the judges were like, wow, wow. Which, which again, continued to affirm, right. Affirm my heart. And, and then I, uh, I kind of, being fourteen, to be honest with you, there was a part of me that, like, I looking back at it now, I feared winning, right? Like I feared winning, and I've never told anybody else that. Like at that age, I didn't, because I didn't know what would be next, like, and I didn't know how to even. <laughs> I didn't know how to even like, what do we do after this? Like, it's going to be attention that I'm not ready for. And right. am I even capable? And am I worthy? All these different things. And so I kind of like the last poem I did, I just did it. And I didn't like put, I didn't connect. And I actually read, I read, I respoke the same poem, which they were looking for another one, which I had a whole notebook and I had a lot of them already committed to memory, but I kind of like, through the fight on purpose. Mm. Um, and then of course, that they fear, that yeah. fear of success. Yeah. It's a weird place to be in a, to, to be between fear of failure and the fear of success. Very thin line. And it's really not at this part of the journey as I'm looking is they're really not too different. You right. know what I mean? Like very much like how there are a lot of similarities between water and fire, you know? And so yeah. like, I can, I, I'm like, yeah, because persecution don't stop, right? You're going to either get talked about for not winning <laughs> or you're yeah. going to get talked about for winning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and other things that, and, and other pieces, man, like really like, um, each new top is a new bottom. That's what I'm learning as well. As yeah. you make it to the next level, you're really at the bottom. You're really at the bottom, right? As you make it to the top of your last level, you're at the bottom, right? You gotta still, you gotta. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. We in there. But yeah, I tried because I believe we was at the place of. So with that, that. That sparked a um, that sparked a passion, 
right, for this art form. And at the same time, this is when Death Poetry Jam was like just now circulating and all that. So I was really like falling in love deeply and really falling in love with telling my story behind closed doors for real. Um, and it wasn't until, so that was 14, but it wasn't until a year later. And that's when I actually, um, walking home from school, I was actually shot by a fellow classmate, somebody who actually lived, you know, in my neighborhood, by the way of, and it's, uh, um, somebody who actually was, um, who got into altercation with our, with my friend, me and my brother's friend at the time. And one of those things, and to be honest with you, when I was the, I was the easiest target to get because I still went to the school the next day. Right. So he ended up coming behind my brother because they, because we were known to hang out with him. And then from there was told by his dad, you know, you got to get them right before they get you. Mm. And at that time I wasn't even <laughs> like, I wasn't even in on that page at all. I was, I had just started theater. I had just signed up for theater I was walking up like it's a whole thing to where like I'm like trying to this is my sophomore year right all that jumped off my freshman year it's a new year he had been on probation for six months for doing what he did to my brother and I had started like kind of reclaiming like my identity at the school for like you know poet rapper theater kid like kind of like had new friends that were like different and <laughs> and um two days after he uh got off a uh off of probation and house arrest um for six months he uh he, he found me walking home from school or he came and found me walking home from school and so um you know it was a whole thing there was so th these are things that we've also we're still in the process of addressing um with a lot of the work that i do um because our families are big families from my city um and so i've had the pleasure i've had the pleasure and the honor these days to actually work alongside of some of his family members and some of those that raised them and you know that's another big part of the journey of like testing of heart right that journey that, that part of forgiveness which i i learned recently like I, it's still something i'm mastering i can say it verbally but it's a different kind of feeling right you know what i mean and so to be honest with you i fall in love with this art form even more because it helps me um it helps me affirm and it helps me master like being able to find the words that are like really still stuck in some of that old trauma that I don't always know is there. Um, and it's helping me like be able to like work things out um, with myself first <laughs> mm. and, and to be able to prepare for that final conversation when that happens, um, if that makes any sense. Right. So is that person no longer with us or? Uh, he's doing his time. Gotcha. This time, gotcha. You know, and time is, and, and the thing is like time really moves faster than what we think. So time is moving and, you know, word, word, you know, like I said, I'm in my transparencies and word got back to me that he'll actually be out soon. Um, within the next four years or so, four to three to four years. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, there was a letter sent to me and I was able to, um, read that letter and kind of like, you know, start that process of my own personal healing to be able to like do the next step of that forgiveness uh, when that time comes. And so, letter of apology? Yeah, yeah. You know, which there's a lot of, because these things are like, are multi-layered because it's more than just me that was affected. 
although I was hit directly, it was more than it's my family that was affected. It was, you know, it's a lot of the, you know, a lot of the folks in our in our neighborhood, our community that was affected by that, that are still dealing, that are still healing, because that, you know, trauma is a ripple effect. When it strikes, it causes ripples that we don't even. I'm still, I'm still learning like different ripples, um, even years later, right? Certain, certain folks who were like babies then little kids then that like couldn't sleep because they heard about it um that are now some of my students it's a it's a it's really a thing and i'm like wow um how it affected a lot of my classmates because there was a, a letter that got that went out um and it was like our everybody in our community from the even like the elders it was like a whole thing to where at that time that was one of the first of many that will come um and so it at that, it also um, calls for a conversation around um, a trauma center being built in my neighborhood. Um, so it's it's a you know it's one of those things where I believe the impact because the impact of it is was so great and it still is great. I believe the blessing behind it and the glory of it will be great as well. You know? Yeah. Um, and I and I and I say that with all being as genuine as possible and even being on this side of the, and I say that for anybody who may have felt like I may have been their problem. I may have been their monster in their journey um, for any kind of reason. Right. Um, and this is a message for anybody. Like forgiveness is a real, it's really medicine for self. And it really, and it really is. It really does work fast acting. If you activate it, if you genuinely activate it from your heart space. And so, um, that's what I offer is a gift of forgiveness to anybody. You know what I mean? That may have unintentionally or intentionally tried to cause harm or been used to cause harm to me on my journey. And then I thank you. It's time to create an unforgettable experience at your next event with The Poet Life by booking a keynote poet. Poets excite your audience with motivating messages, charismatic delivery, colorful rhythm, powerful prose, and heart-filled stories with a style of spoken word that's tailored specifically to your event. The Poet Life has keynote poets in your city of all ages and backgrounds. Visit thepoetlife.com to learn more and book your poet today. So I want I wanted to ask you because I've been noticing you know your growth right and and the repackaging of yourself since the last time I've seen you uh, and reconnected with you uh, when and how did you start to get I guess serious about taking your poetry from from hobby to profession Yeah. Um, so to be honest, in 2008, um, when I first started my journey and I didn't start alone, I was a part of a duo, spoken word duo by the name of Illegal Tag Team. And we, and we were serious about what we were doing. We just did not, we were not taught business, right? So what we were taught was how to hustle, right? Watching our uncles who was also, you know, illegitimately hustling. And we felt like we are going to help wash what they were doing right by by using some of their methods of like yo you know not sleeping and continuing to grind 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 um and so for the longest even while i was in the east coast i still was doing using those methods it was during that journey that i was able to like see and as like there was a lot of like y'all had a lot of at that time period and I'm, i imagine that it's even that the growth is has gone to the next level 
but like yourself and and though and, and, and poets like Orville, uh poets like Yusha Asai, poets and MCs like Yusha Asai, like that was formulating and packaging these things as a business. And at that time, that's when I was really like um processing and learning what what a brand really is, mm. right? And understanding myself as a brand. It was actually uh Luciano that was like, yo, you know, Kuna Poet is more than just a name. That's a brand. That's your brand. <laughs> and I, re I still remember his voice as clear as day when he said that. And it cost me, and I remember I did a lot of pro like thinking about that. Like, what could what, what could that mean? So this is more than just, hi, my name is Kuna Poet. This, I'd like, and it took maybe about a year after getting home to really understand that now this is an entity. And so this is actually my, Kuna Poet is actually um, my business. Um, and under Kuna Poet, it's my consulting business, right? My consulting company and under Kuna Poet, of course, artist development, um, which I was already doing with coaching some of the young poets in my city, um, those that were part of slam teams, mentorship and all that kind of stuff. I also do consulting with using the art form to uh, connect and engage. Um, and then also under Kunda Poet, I uh, I also created Pain to Power Poetry. Um, but what actually helped me tighten the bolts, like when I got home, it was a, it was the next level of realizing the only way that I'm going to be able to sustain myself without having to work for anybody was I had to learn first and foremost, like really, I had to, I started mass learning how to master the nonprofit world that I was already doing work in, but learning that like, instead of partnering under folks, like I can also build my, build my, build my entity to be able to receive some of the funding that a lot of the folks that were using my programs, my, you know, my name to be able to receive loads and loads of money. Um, and so that was, and that came with its own like trials, right, as well. Um, and then after like redoing, redoing, working on, tr like trusting folks to help me uh, establish businesses and then folks not being trustworthy and all these different things, after the deaths and the rebirths of that, I, what I learned, what I realized is that like I have mastered this process. It's just in my own way, right? That I have mastered, and there's still a lot of it that I'm still trying to, um, that I'm still learning to master. But I had, when it comes to like the paperwork, at least the, the, the basic paperwork, I've helped a lot of other artists establish themselves as a business, right? Like in a quick way, sole proprietorship or LLC, however they want to go about. And then also, um, I have uh, I have a couple elders and a couple partners who are they specialize in solidifying nonprofits, right? So establishing nonprofits, and so I send a lot of young artists that that want to, and it does. It's not even just artists, right? A lot of folks that want to like do get their get their hands knee deep into this work and start their nonprofits. Um, I send them to a lot of my elders, um, and so it was really just coming, just standing on the shoulders of a lot of people. Um, being poured into by a lot of folks um, in trial and error that allowed me to get to this place now. And, and honestly, what I can say in this last year and a half, I got I got the right folks in my circle that's like, yo, it's your season. And so, like, whatever we have to do to help, right? Mm -hmm. And so shout out to my brother, Andrew DeFi, Sacramento Poet Laureate. Um, but, like, really 
has like really played a big part in just helping advocate for the pieces that my advocacy doesn't work so well, right? With like a lot of the political figures that just hear, you know, with him being, with him being white, they just hear him a little bit different than they hear me. They've seen my work for the last 15 years, but they hear, they hear it differently when it's vouched for. Um, and then also just a lot of folks, a part of my team, uh, my brother Flash the Gray, uh, my sister um, Aisha Lewis, uh, who's clinical, clinical therapist. So doing a lot of work with a lot of folks in different arenas has also helped sharpen this thing and package it differently because the language changes when you go into mental health, when you go into education, right? When you go into, and then versus just doing business, right? All these different arenas for one, for the same thing, right? Um, it's different, it's different verbiage and different language. So I had to learn that part too, how to, how to be able to pivot and code switch. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Have you seen the difference between now and then, you know, with you being more professional and having your packaging together, you know, your EPK and and all <laughs> of that? What, what's the what's that been like, like night and day or? Um, so the, I'll say, yeah, no. Right. Yes and no. Um, because for the longest, because I did it backwards to where like I built, I built myself as a brand, right? My name, myself, before I really was able to do the business. So my name spoke for itself in a lot, especially in my city, right? My name spoke for itself. So it, it uh, preceded me before I stepped in rooms. Folks were here like, oh, Kuna Poet. Oh, you talking about Kuna Poet that helped start this or that helped us with this? Oh, I met him over here. I met him over here. Um, and a lot of like some of the young people that I played a part in, you know, this is 15 years ago and helping like, you know, navigate through high school. Some of them have gone to college, come back and now they they run in some of their own schools or they are they doing some real dope stuff. So, yes. But what happens, the, the piece that uh, that works the best is this next level of really being able to negotiate. $20,000 for a couple of weeks of work, yep. right? Um, you know, $30,000 contracts, $50,000 uh, budget for a conference. It works because, um, especially when, when working with like federal agencies that serve young people, you know, their bosses don't care who, who, who they say you are. They need to be able to trust, you know? And so like just the packaging, um, I'm actually, so the other part is the website, right? Which is finalized and I've had one and I had to like kind of tear it down and redo some things. But like, that's another, um, I realized like just having something where folks can be like, okay, he's legit. Um, and things looking up a, a particular way, I had to learn like there's a corporate look <laughs> versus like, just like the rinky-dink artistic Cause as you know, as poets, we like to be creative and artistic and let things we like things to represent like who we are truly and, and anything that's too plain starts to not starts to feel like selling out. I had to go through that process of like getting my mind out of that and like letting, letting the artistry of corporate packaging be its own art form um, and let it speak for itself. And then let me, once I get into the door, represent myself. Yeah. You know, you know, professionalism is an art. Yeah. You know, excellence is an art. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and um, I, I try to impress upon 
poets and just artists in general or creatives in general that it's not that you're selling out it's not that you are being silenced or yeah. you know censored it is you being able to be flexible adaptable and not one track minded absolutely right because if you're not taught that then you're stuck in that and i'm not going i'm not changing for nobody this is my art and this that and that right no we're not trying to change your art you know um you know i i'm a curse my am i all right so here's the thing about that right yep 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 if if you want your song your poem your art to be on the radio you you have to you can't send in the dirty version exactly you, you have to send send in the clean vert it's no different yeah um that that so that piece for myself too right uh because i was also simultaneously brought into the profession of poetry spoken word poetry by the at the same time as brought into education at the same time i brought it brought into the youth development sector right yeah so simultaneously immediately i remember at a young age we like tailoring changing the language at least for when we spit it at the school assembly or the the conference right mm -hmm. uh, but then like being but but also like being intentional learning like intentionality of words right um and also like challenging some systems one of the organizations and i'm gonna give a shout out to sacramento area youth speaks i'm gonna give a shout out to says i'm gonna give a shout out to youth speaks as a whole um because us being young and helping like really build the foundation of that organization a lot of it was like us challenging and giving young people permission and a space to be able to like be uncensored so there was mm -hmm. a lot of leeway that we did have <laughs> at that time sure. You know what I mean? To be able to like give young people permission to like, yo, really say what you feel in this poem. Yeah. Right. We're, we'll create we'll create a code between us to where this does not go outside these four walls, just like it's you know, just like you're at home or at grandma's house, but yeah, yeah. It out here, right? You need to but but my my uh my requirement always was make sure that you're being very responsible, right? How you use it. Right. Yeah. If you're gonna use it as a weapon, don't just because you can and I'm saying that you can cuss, but be but but really um show us a different way of that show us a different side of that word. Yeah. Right. Use that word to paint a picture for real. Right, right, you know? right. Uh, yeah. So man, and these and these days, man, what I learned is like knowing how to pick your battles. Yeah, for sure. And you know, and then there's the question because you said you want your art to reach people, right? And then you have to ask yourself, so, okay, who's the art for? Is, is it to reach people? So if it's to reach people, then you, one, you got to learn to read the room. That part. Right? Because you don't want your words to rep, uh, repel. Yep people you yeah, you want it to attract people yeah right so not knowing how to read the room you wouldn't go to an old folks home and go curse them out 
you know, or if it was the kids, you wouldn't go and do the same poem for right. So, so, so it's okay. Got you. Now I'm understanding. I need to, I need to know which poem fits best for yep. this audience. Yep. What's more kid friend? And then uh, the other part, and this is something I really, I was able to play with it um, out while I was traveling in the East Coast in 2014 and 15. But I really feel like I mastered it once I got home. Um, and going back to teaching art, being a teaching artist, working with a couple school districts, um, I got to, regardless of the heaviness of a poem, I got to play with the vibration of it, right? I got to be able to like perform it fun. I got to be able to like, like raise, still like kind of like play with the cadence, slow it down. And that's something that uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Hawthorne James, um, Big Red from the Five Heartbeats. Yeah, one of another who I consider a mentor that I've I've came across in my journey. Worked on a production with them, um, serving uh, backstage for Lisa Lacey, who was a theater mother of mine. But he was like, he was like, oh, I'm always I'm bored with poets. Just y'all, yeah, every, y'all keep the same same cadence, same, like you know. And if you've ever seen that brother like really act, he's real like animated. And he's like, and I was like, hey, man, this was right before I left uh, to the East Coast, right? Um, I was, uh, he was a part of the living out loud production. He played the, it was only two, two, uh, characters and he played, he played one of the characters alongside of the late, uh, Lisa Lacey, um, rest in peace, Ashe. Um, but he, we spent a lot of time. I took him for a tour around my city, hung out with him, took him to one of the bars where all the OGs and the players go and they showed him a lot of love. And, and then he was just like, he really talked to me and poured into me and like, Hey, he was like, look. Brother Kuhn, it's okay to like take your time and find places to where you can play with your words. And then I watched him demonstrate in the production. I watched him grow because I was in every read and I was in every rehearsal. I watched him start bringing the character to life to where there will be times where he's like talking, like, you know, he might be like, all right, Lindsay, but if I just, maybe I just, and today, you know, I'm like, I, and I'm like, whoa. He's going mad scientist. So I was able to like, kind of like, I asked him, I said, can I use some of that? <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> and he was like, absolutely. So I started like really being able to play with my cadence, especially with the kids, keeping them alive. Like, you know, and, and being able to like, ah, 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 even during a heavy topic or a heavy piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, it's just like, it really, when you open yourself up, for mentorship and to be poured into and when you open yourself up and open your art form up and not be so i know we all like to quote the line i'm an artist so i'm sensitive about my stuff mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you know it uh you know erica badu shout out uh, but yeah sometimes sensitivity can hinder your path you know, sometimes you gotta have thick skin when it comes to your craft and trust that your that your craft is armored as well and it's protected as well and allow mm. it to be flexible as well. Um, and so some of the poems and pieces that I was sharing out there, a lot of those poems I'm still sharing. I'm just I'm just sharing them differently. Mm. They have they have taken on a different voice. As I've grown, they've grown, right? I may have added certain mm. things for like uh, you know for performance, I may have added certain things, different kind of uh, crowd participation, call and response, make pause in a certain, there might be something that's current 
in a song that might actually tie to that song. So then I'll say it in that way, um, you know, and just allowing it to to do what it to really go with the flow. And mm. so that's so yeah. That's good. That's good, man. What's what's next for you? I know you got a, a project coming out. Tell me about that project. All right. So the project is Heart Affirmed, and this is like the coming out of the fire. <laughs> um, this is so with that, one of the whispers as I got still, every time I go through my fires, I just get still and I just I just trust it. Right. And I learned how to like meditate, really master my uh, mindfulness, been practicing mindfulness since 2012. So in that um, and also like locking myself in the studio uh, provided by a lot of my, my people, like I was able to like write through when right while while the fire was burning, while it was hurting the most things that I was not sharing on social media and things like that, because those were the most intimate moments. And then it wasn't until recently that I was able to go back like, yo, I said, what? <laughs> right? Like I wrote what I did. Whoa. And I'm like, and it's like, yo, and this is still, even in this season, even a year later, it's still like speaking to a conversation that somebody tried to bring up with me. I'm like, yo, I'm going to just, instead of going back to my trauma bags, let me just put this project out. And show them the process, the other side of the healing process, mm. right? What it looks like uh, to be able to to speak life to to inflate your heart, right? And not with hot air, but with genuine like nutrients, right? Positive mm. energy, really um, faith, honesty, like acceptance, all these different things. And so, heart affirmed is what came out of it. Uh, on there, there's uh, tracks and poems. Um, that, that has some like vocalist on it as well. It's gonna have like some some music behind it. It's gonna have like it's gonna be a full experience and a ride. Um, but I'm also touching on a lot of um, a lot of mental health principles, um, a lot of coping skills, coping tools, um, a lot of universal principles. Um, I'm speaking a little bit about the chakras and how they and how they align and what does it look like when they actually get clogged up a little bit. Um, I'm speaking about like what does like even like some of the forms God will take in your journey because I've grown in that as well. Like I've accepted God is in all of it, <laughs> all of it. And so what does that look like? Right. Mm -hmm. For even like for the form of like in the in the bad parts of it. Right. Um, I have a I have a another piece that I, I've been really exercising this piece and kind of tested it out with crowds out here. But the piece is entitled. Um, um, can't you see right and and it, and simply it's one of the ones that was able to make it out like because i did a lot of writing about the situation i referred uh spoke about with the, with the sheriff department but like a lot of that was just like <laughs> it was just like getting the pain out but this piece in itself i feel like really like um it really did a good job with kind of like sharing my truest truth in the in the truest of ways um with time if you when you get the, get the time I, I don't mind sharing it i think it's been a while since i've went over it but i think i have it committed to heart and memory if you open to it if you go if we got space for it yeah man for sure all right so to start it off and this is one thing i asked the crowd i'll ask you the same thing when you see me right what's the first give me give me a one word 
first thing that comes to mind give me one word that you see when you look at me and i want you to take some time to really just look at me what do you see confidence i should let me give a couple more if there's a couple more you know no i see strength man you know i i see story for love sure it. love it okay and then i uh i typically will ask what do you see when you see yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I want you to process that. And I want you to also process <clears throat> the way that you, the way, the first thing that comes to mind when you see people that you come in, that you cross on a daily, right? And are you, and are, and are your bias coming out immediately? Um, and stereotypes coming out and playing a part immediately? Or are you seeing them for truly who they are, right? Mm -hmm. And so, <clears throat> can't you see a man or do you just see black <laughs> do you just see big do you just see attack try to remember i was once a kid just like you were way back when we all just wanted to live as if our lives mattered in fact so lately, lately I've been tasting my own tears more than ever, trying to decipher the flavor of the salt they've always thrown and hoping that in this season, this seasoning will help me feel better. And the doctor has the nerve to ask me the cause of my high blood pressure. And he says, Mr. Coon, lately, have you been stressed? <laughs> I chuckle under my breath. And I say, lately, doc, I've been stressed my whole life. You haven't, you didn't hear the words that I screamed out. You didn't hear the passion in the poem when I said, all my life I had to fight or were you just so caught up in the power of that, of those lyrics to take me serious, seriously. Do you know what it's like for your dark skin to be a bullseye? Not to mention that I'm built like I'm ready to take a cowboy sheriff on a bull ride if he tries to treat me like big game. And so they just stalk me from a distance while they aim, preparing to throw the lasso around my neck, preparing to throw the noose around my neck, all because they heard the legendary tale about this coon they would love to catch in the cold part of this wind chill. No matter how much hot air I spit and blow, some of y'all still will never fathom what it's like to walk in skin so dark that it glows. With beacons of light that irritate the darkness in your own soul, and so I ask you, can't you see a man? Or do you just see black? Do you just see big? Do you just see attack? Try to remember I was once a kid, just like you were way back, when we all just wanted to live as if our lives mattered. <laughs> In fact, that's that piece yeah. we say. I was ready to declare war until I factored in my mental health. My black lives matter more than trying to prove that to someone else. They already know that they lost and that's why they tried it. Just continue wearing your heart and don't you get distracted. And don't you get distracted. Wear your heart, heart affirmed. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful, man. I, I can tell that you implemented what you learned from Red. I yeah, tell. yeah, some of the yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had the pleasure of uh, meeting the brother or or 
I have not. Yeah, he's uh, he's these dope people, man. He's real one of those down to earth, humble kind of guys. I actually gotta reach out to him. It's been a it's been a while, it's been a year or so, but I gotta reach out to him. Um, you know, he hit me with the uh if ever you're in LA, you know, one of those Hollywood. And right. then he, he followed up and was like, I meant that. Um, and so I'm probably long overdue for a trip up. Uh LA is about six hours away from where I'm where I'm at. So I'm where you where you, you in Sacramento? Sacramento, California. Hey, bro, have you ever uh, you ever come out to my city? Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. I've been out to L.A. twice this year. Okay. And twice recently, uh, I gave two pre- presentations virtually for Sacramento public schools. So I plan to be which, back out which, there which real schools? soon. Which schools? Um, Greater and I Sacramento. almost want to be like, how dare you? But like, hold on. I, Next time, allow me to allow me to make sure that they know who's in front of them. The I right got you. Because sometimes, well, you. you know what schools? I don't. It was um, it was for so one of our clients, uh, the African American Tobacco Control Leadership Council, uh, as far as tobacco control. Yeah, um, remember that right? project? Yeah that project and and trying to show them how creativity and the arts can help them express their or or get their message out to the students better you know so i was talking to the um superintendents and the, the, the back unified um when rivers it had to be either one of those they were the it ones was that one of those. It, it's one of those man or both of them because i know it was two sacramento so i think it might have right. been both of them yeah yeah, for sure. yeah that's man. what's up bro salute to you man that's thank you for continuing yeah. to expand the brand and not just staying right you could easily keep it in the dmv you can keep it dc you can keep it out there but like even like doing the work you know my brother prentice power doing the work with my my little bro brandon league like yeah. you know allowing like working with them and allowing them to where that's when i was like oh he's serious this yeah. was back in 2017 right yeah. when i'm like when i'm seeing poet life gear on some of the poets that like some of the top poets in our region yeah i'm like oh okay he's really trying to do something different so yeah man yeah please let me know man how i can support how we can partner um i would love to i know i know you're also uh bringing poets into the classroom yep i would love to uh, however, we can align curriculums or even just it's a done deal. We've yeah. reconnected now, bro. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yeah. So, so it's a done deal, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to um stay connected and and you know grow uh and progress together, man. And like I said, I reached out to you because I saw the growth and in yeah. the, the constant progression. Right. Yeah. So um, keep doing what you're doing, man. And uh, I look forward to, you know, building with you again. Yeah. I will. So which I didn't and I'll say this in closing, what I didn't share was um, so Heart Affirmed is going to be also a tour um, to where it's a it's a presentation um, as well. Right. A griotic presentation um, where I just kind of go in and I kind of show and tell that story in different ways. Um, in partnership with mental health professionals, in partnership with visual artists. And so I have currently right now, the aim is 15 cities, but currently right now I have seven cities where I have those that I consider my warrior heart tribe in these places, St. Petersburg, Florida, um, 
Montgomery, Alabama, Dallas, Texas, um, San Francisco, California, Oakland, California, um, Boston, Massachusetts. So I am looking to fill some of those other slots um, with other cities. I'm trying to go preferably uh, cities that I have that I didn't go to on my journey. But of mm -hmm. course, if 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 there's somebody that's willing to like host me or connect me with somebody who does who's who does the work of mental health and willing mm -hmm. to do it in an innovative way um, and willing or willing to collaborate. And I'm also willing to collaborate with visual artists or even dancers that are willing okay. to face. Yeah. Beautiful. I appreciate you, man. If you can leave something with the people to inspire the people, what would that be? I encourage you to find a courage to love yourself. Mm. And, and self-love is extremely layered. And it does not always look like the way we're taught. Um, sometimes it's, we're taught to love folks more than ourselves, right? But the only way that we can truly love people and love folks that we truly love is to feel, to, to pour inside ourselves. And then once you've done that, you can give them in the words of uh, Auntie Lisa Nichols, give them uh, the overflow from our, from our saucer. Mm. Um, and so, so please do that. Love yourself, and then while you're doing that, and while you're learning how to do that, in the words of Bruce Lee, be like Walter. <laughs> Trust the process and the flow, and just just let it take you where one where it wants to take you. Peace and love, love and peace. It's your brother. I love it, man. Listen, y'all heard it. Awesome conversation. Uh, love to hear you all's feedback. If you want to learn more about the poet life, go to thepoetlife.com. But if you're also trying to learn how to do more with your poetry and create a career with your poetry. We encourage you to join our community at poetrybusinessnetwork.com. Listen, uh, Poetry Business Tour 2024 is coming. Uh, we would love to come to your city, to your country. Let us know. Reach out to us. Let's build. Let's keep on growing. Let's keep on going. All right. Appreciate y'all. It's the Poet Life Podcast. It's time to create an unforgettable experience at your next event with The Poet Life by booking a keynote poet. Poets excite your audience with motivating messages, charismatic delivery, colorful rhythm, powerful prose, and heart-filled stories with a style of spoken word that's tailored specifically to your event. The Poet Life has keynote poets in your city of all ages and backgrounds. Visit thepoetlife.com to learn more and book your poet today. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com.